and welcome back to another episode of uh, Relatable Chapters. Uh, today I'm joined with Honey Hol- oh, <laughs> Holly O'Halloran. Hi everyone. Hey, um, Canadian, but the last name is Irish, I just learned. Well, that's my married name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, before we get into it, three things you're grateful for today. I am grateful for my health, good health, always. Um, Grateful for my two boys, uh, Sean, my husband, and Lachlan, my son. Um, And I'm grateful for the relationships I share with family and friends, near and far. Nice. Um, I feel like I always say nice after that. (laughs) Uh, I'm grateful for another opportunity to talk to another person on the podcast. Uh, This always is good for me, enlightens me. I'm uh, grateful to be in this wonderful house. <laughs> it's you. so beautiful. Uh, you guys have done a great job. And I am grateful for... Yeah, I'll go to my house today as well. Um, a good one. There's a question near the end about our desires, and I do know that when you're unwell, you've only got one desire, and mm. that's to be fit and healthy. Absolutely. Uh, so, just to get to know you a bit, straight off the bat, quick fire, six pillars of well-being. What do you do to chill, to calm the mind and body, to be present? Um, that's, uh, all of these questions have changed since I've had a baby. Yeah? <laughs> um, yeah, hugely. Like, now, to find calmness, I just try and take a moment out of the day just for myself. Yeah. To not be cleaning or cooking or looking after Lockie, like... And obviously, yeah, it's it's challenging to find that time. <laughs> what do you do to do to keep learning and get creative? Um, I obviously love listening to podcasts. I've listened to a lot of your episodes. Um, reading. Um, I actually really enjoy looking on Pinterest for oh, yeah. um, recipes, and a lot of the inspo of decorating this house came from Pinterest. So I can't really take too much personal credit, but oh, you got to learn from somewhere, though, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And you find inspiration and take it and mould it into your own version, I guess. I'm talking about podcasts and listen to mine. You're the first person to do some uh, homework <laughs> by the looks. Got a whole printed sheet. Yeah. I was really nervous and I just wanted to make sure you didn't, well, as best I could, ask a question. And I go, um, yeah. which is so silly because your question's about yourself. But yeah, I just want to put a bit of thought behind it, I guess. Better be good. Well, you just told me you changed all your questions, so here we go. (laughs) We've gone rogue. Um, What do you do to connect, to build relationships and build connections? I um, definitely utilise social media a lot for that, especially with family and friends living so far away. Um, But also the beauty of being on maternity leave at the moment is I get to do a lot of face-to-face interactions as well, so just trying a couple times a week to organise a catch-up with a friend or two. What do you do to celebrate, find gratitude, Um, values? I always like to celebrate with my husband, to be completely honest. Like we just, we always have each other's back. So just in the form of like a simple acknowledgement, a text, we like to go out for dinner a lot or did. (laughs) Um, Also, like I think this is so important, but just pausing and appreciating where you've got to, Mm. because there was definitely a time in your life where you wished to be at this point, and to not just be looking to the, to the next thing. Yeah, sure. I definitely agree with that. What do you do to move, to stay active and feel energised? 
Yeah, again, this is harder to come by these days, but um, I, I try to do a walk every day, and um, when Lockie's asleep, do a 30-minute, even just a 30-minute workout. A friend always said, something is better than nothing, so I always try, and that I've really been living that truth. <laughs> nice. uh, what do you do to enjoy practice self-care and uh, focus on fun? Probably goes back to that first point I made of just finding something for me during the day. And that could be something as simple as washing my hair, but like making my bed. Yeah, um, but yeah just something that I've done for myself. Yeah. So how do I know the guest? Uh, another person from yoga. <laughs> Ara Strong. <laughs> yeah. And another mum. Seems to be loving my mum. Oh, that, no, I shouldn't have said that. Um, yeah, uh, another Female from yoga. Um, and I suppose you're just friends with Lania. Yeah, yeah. Yo- yoga buddy. Uh, yeah. She introduced me to you and Jen, the Canadians. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just thought you'd be a great guest because of the whole coming over here, living, sitting down kind of thing. And um, messaged you the other week and here we are. So Here we are. Thanks for having me. <laughs> should, be, should be a goodie. Uh, so everyone has a beginning. What was your upbringing like? Um, when I think of my upbringing, like three words come to mind. And it'd be love, joyful, and abundance. I had a wonderful upbringing. Um, I'm the oldest of three girls. Um, my dad's a GP, and my mum, she did the finances for my dad's businesses, but um, was a stay-at-home mum with us, and... Now, being a mum myself, I realize what a sacrifice that was, and you almost relearn who you are with your kids. And then, I mean, she's at the tail end of this where we've all left. And anyway, um, yeah, it's been it was a wonderful childhood. Um, my parents challenged us, um, encouraged us to follow our dreams, whatever our interests were. Um, and the two kind of main rules in the house were. Um, play on some sports team, whatever mm-hmm. that may be, and um, oh, uh, sorry, do some form of post-secondary education, whatever, again, that may be. <laughs> on Just on that point, would you force that upon your child to do secondary or tertiary qualification? Um, it's funny, like, before meeting Sean, I would have... Mm-hmm. Because that was just what I'd known. Just your and belief, your, your, in a way, your blueprint of life. Absolutely, yeah. And it worked so well for me and my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, knowing Sean, he wasn't really an academically prone person. But, man, is he smart. Man, is he successful. And it has nothing necessarily to do from school. But, like, fostering what interested him. Um so, no, I guess I wouldn't force that on the, him, but I w- wouldn't want to, like, sway him either way, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Let him choose. Did your dad ever want to try for a boy? <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you no, but there's <laughs> certainly no way you get to three and you hope it's another girl. <laughs> That's a lot of weddings you have to pay yeah, for. <laughs> true. Um, you mentioned your mum making uh, some sacrifices to be stay-at-home mum. What... what what kind of sacrifices is that that you've come to realize? Um, is that like her career-wise, or, or? I, I, 
I probably would require a better in-depth conversation with her, which her and I are starting to have mm. now that I just have a bit more insight into what, mm. what it takes. Um, yeah, I guess, oh, actually, my dad, he, so the, the two of them are from Ontario, which is like Eastern Canada, um, and high school sweethearts. Um, and my dad wanted to always be a doctor and to help pay for his medical school, he got enlisted in the military. Mm-hmm which required a relocation to Vancouver Island, which is the very far west coast of Canada. So that required them to, like, pluck up their lives and move across country. You're seeing some similarities here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my mom, yeah, I guess that's a sacrifice. That's, like, the start of it because, yeah, um, yeah she moved um, for my dad, I guess. Such um, a young for the age two as of well. them. Yeah, gosh, uh, mid-20s I'd say yeah and um she fell pregnant with me after the move and then my dad got stationed into Egypt for a peacekeeping mission yeah for well he it was possible he would miss the birth of his first child but he missed pretty much the whole pregnancy (laughs) Mm, yeah so that must have been tough real tough well I mean I can only imagine um and yeah, so like her family are now on the other side of the country. Um, also, yeah, she was had a really wonderful job in Toronto, and she had to sacrifice that. And just with the whole relocation, falling pregnant right away, it kind of didn't leave a lot for job opportunities. And so yeah, I guess in some ways it was a sacrifice to her career. Um, and then just like the day to day of being at home with kids, like there's so much joy in it. I can't even begin to tell you, but there is a lot of difficulties that come with it as well. Like you don't have an adult to have a conversation yeah. with, for example. There's a lot of repetition because kids love structure. Yeah. Um, and that does a number on your brain, I think. Like, yeah, yeah not well, a lot of um, exercise touch on your being a mum later and sacrifices and stuff uh but on your parents relationship was that kind of an ideal uh love in a sense that you always idolized absolutely childhood sweethearts that's high very, school um yeah ready to come by a super rare and like the two of them to this day are just like so the example all of us girls look for like mm. to a point that i think we end, like we've all been in all three of us daughters have been in relationships where potentially we stayed just a little bit longer than we should have just being loyal and like mm. hoping to find that in that person but you know it's not working out that is one of your turning points but we'll start at the first <laughs> one <laughs> uh being selected for elite level volleyball team how is this a turning point yeah i guess so um just as, as I mentioned at the start, that was one of the rules my parents laid out for us as we had to play some form of sport. And I just recreationally played a whole bunch of sports. I was really into dancing as well. And recreationally, with the girls that I sort of mingled with at these various sports teams, we all signed up to play on a, yeah, just a volleyball team for fun. And one evening, one of the coaches came up to all of us and just said, hey, do you mind sticking around after game like we just want to have a chat and he let us all know that this actually as this was a recreational game we've been playing he was actually been scouting out to form a, an elite level volleyball team which was like ooh, yeah yeah <laughs> me <laughs> is this high school 
Uh, we weren't even in high school yet. This is how young it, oh, wow. it started. So yeah, he just he was a father of one of the daughters on our team. Yeah. Well, that he's forming, but he just wanted that. I guess maybe for his kids, but just he was a teacher as well, so just loved um, mm-hmm. teaching kids. And he yeah, so like by elite level volleyball, he had this really stern conversation with us. Like, if you want to be on this team, you need to give up every other recreational activity you're playing on because you will not have the time commitment available to you Mm. to do both or multiple. Um, So that was like a decision we all had to sit with and decide to make. Um, So yeah, the dance that I was really into, I had to give up. I think dancing is where my flexibility in yoga comes from, just a sidebar. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed a couple, like, I've asked a couple of people when you're there, ex dancers, and it's like, ah. Yeah, it makes a, like, to start that at such a young age, it's like muscle memory. So even yeah. after a while, it's just easy to get that flexibility oh, back. That makes sense. So, yeah, um, the elite level meant we were practicing twice a week, doing a f- uh, fitness practice once a week, traveling usually on a Friday to the tournaments, which were Saturday and Sunday. So there you have it. So yeah, I was going to ask, seven day. why would you need to sacrifice all your other recreational sports? But yeah, there's three trainings, travel and double weekend tournament. Hugely, yeah. Do you think that changed the way you um, looked at, I suppose, professionalism? I know yeah. it's at a young age, but understanding what it takes, that you need to work hard and grind as opposed to just, like you're there to go there and win, trade hard to win, I'd imagine, is the um, mindset. Yeah, like it's I not mean, just for fun anymore, is it? No, it's not. And I, that sorry, this is this is why it was such a turning point for me because being on this team like taught me camaraderie, mm-hmm. the the importance of a team, communication, grit, and something might be uncomfortable and you have to work through it. And yeah, you might not be perfect at something, but the goal is to to be better. Just having that stamina in, within mm-hmm. yourself to want more for you, so. I guess it. this is a long-winded story for me to just say, like, just to give me those really mm. core principles that absolutely have shaped who I am today and, like, probably gave me the gumption to just pack a bag and go go yeah. to New Zealand. Okay, <laughs> on, on that, your son will grow up eventually and be playing sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is your take on the participation awards? I think they're awful. <laughs> yeah. Although you're going to say awesome. No, <laughs> I don't. Like, I really don't because well, I didn't grow up with that. Yeah, no, neither. But why? Why Why do you think they're awful? Because it, I guess it, like, enforces that everyone's entitled to to a, a medal or something. Yeah. It's when like you, a show-up mentality. Off oh, I show up, I'll get something Yeah, which it. is, like, bare minimum. Mm. Like, you need, like, I remember... Like uh, some kid in my little soccer tykes team got player of the day and it was like, oh my gosh, I want to get that. Like happy for him. But like now I had something, I had drive. And even just as a little kid. And I think that's so important to like as a young kid to see that you don't always just get something for nothing. Yeah. (laughs) You need to work for it. You got to understand the bad to understand the good. Otherwise everything's just... Even playing field, it just builds character. Yeah, character. You lose motivation to do something if it's just the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get an award for just turning up, but if you're losing and then you realize what winning is, for example, exactly. um, And then also demonstrates that you may not be good at something that 
<laughs> and doesn't it <laughs> help prepare you for the real world in a much yeah. in a very delicate environment? Like it's a game at the end of it. Like if you haven't got a medal out of it or a player of the day award, like that's so if very gentle. A cross country race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your son's so seven. And he gets second, you know, he gets a silver medal. And then uh, everybody else is getting all these medals, participation medals. And he yeah. comes up to you and goes, Mom, how come they're getting medals? What would you say? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hard question. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I have no idea what I'd say. Like, I... Mm. <laughs> nah, okay, we'll move move on. Please, <laughs> I have no idea what I'd actually say to that. Yeah, like, like, that would be a hard one. Uh, you say, oh, they don't deserve it, or like, good job, you. No, you I, did well. They don't deserve. It. Like, do you say that they don't deserve, it, or do you say, oh, it's just? Oh. I probably wouldn't say they don't deserve it because that's just bringing a negative light uh, yeah, into it that, yeah. for somebody, especially so young. But yeah, it would be a hard question. Uh, thanks for that, though. I'll sit on that for the next seven years <laughs> and prepare myself. <laughs> uh, so your next turning point was getting accepted into university and discovering GIS. Mm. Um, was it hard to get into uni to begin with? Fortunately, no. Like I was, and again, like with the volleyball, like you had to balance school and sport. So like I worked really hard on my academics and, um, yeah, I kind of had pick of the bunch, like of all the unis I applied Mm. for. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I went to school my first year for, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I decided to go into kinesiology and biomedical physiology, thinking I'd kind of go into sports medicine because my yeah, dad's a doctor. Complex. It does, but it's really just like if you want to be a physio or okay. a sports medicine doctor. Or um, so my dad's the GP part of that equation, and then I loved sports so much. So I thought, well, that's a good shot in the dark. Turned out it was a terrible shot in the dark. <laughs> it was a very expensive party year. Oh, sure. <laughs> so this girl who had been like. I didn't have time to party in high school, yeah. really, hardly yeah. at all. And so, you know, I no longer play volleyball. I really, I just hung up my shoes at that point. And I moved to Vancouver, so like a ferry boat ride away from my hometown. And I was living on campus and had a really fun time. But yeah, it was a really expensive <laughs> year. And I learned from those mistakes. And I just, yeah, I didn't enjoy what I was studying, unfortunately. Yeah. Um so I took the summer off, worked for my cousin who owns a sustainable forestry company and came back with this like new lease on what well, I do. I'm really passionate about the environment and sciences in that regard. So I started to study geography with environmental specialty. And in that time, just randomly met a person who advised me to study GIS as well, because geography on its own really isn't all that mm-hmm. employable. But GIS made this field really employable and GIS stands for geographic information systems and it's basically a system within which geographic information is stored so geographic information is like a thing in space that's so broad like uh, buildings in space crime in space um I could go on and on crime Crime. So, like, um, p- police officers use GIS to, well, they can use it to study where you might see highest instances of crime. So, you know, then where to put 
men on the ground. Oh, so you'll be able to have like a, a visual overview of, say, like Hamilton and pinpoint exactly. where the high crime points yeah, are. Yeah, so that looks like a heat map, if you yeah. know what I mean when I say that, like yeah, so a so gradient of colour. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. higher in these areas, lower in these areas. Mm. So that's just one way you can apply GIS yeah. in the real world. Um, so, yeah, I just was like, okay, what's GIS? Got into it and just loved it it just added a whole new element it? yeah because it's so powerful and there's so much absolutely you can do yeah like um just day-to-day looking at spreadsheets is one way to analyze data but to take it and make a visual out of it mm-hmm. to further inform questions being asked or to find patterns that were not viewable previously on just the spreadsheet was so, does so it, fun um go below the surface as well so like water down it can, uh, yeah, as long nutrients. as that data, basically somebody just had to have made the data set before, oh, okay. and so yeah, whatever, if you're thinking of more like geographic or like um, geology type mm. stuff, you just can look at it online, there's various like open data sources that you can essentially Google and look up the kind of information you're wanting to add yeah. to your analysis, and it's either a free download or you have to ask for access to it, but that's all part of the so process. So as long as someone's put data in, you can uh, utilize it. Absolutely. You can also make it yourself. It just takes a lot more time yeah. if you're, depending on what your time constraints are. I was going to say, did you know that that was what you wanted to do, but you had no idea, did you? I had no idea. Sport, sport med stuff. Exactly. Year um, one, sport med, and then year two, it was like, oh no, this is this is definitely what I want to do. Yeah. Huge passion for it. So in New Zealand, we got what you call student loan. Yeah. Um, say for instance, I got a student loan, uh, government pays for my studies and then I pay the government back through, um, general paycheck percentage goes out. Yeah. What is it like in Canada? Um, do you have to pay for it yourself outright? Not outright. So I, my situation was a bit different, um, because my parents were in a certain pay bracket. I didn't Mm. qualify for like a loan as such. So I had to take out a line of credit. But it was a student line of credit. Is that through a bank? Correct. So it's um, a student line of credit means it's like interest free mm-hmm. up until like a year post graduation, and okay. then it's in, then it's like yeah. a normal loan yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had to pay it back yeah. over that. Time. It's in a way similar, but not like yeah, these pay back. There's and a stuff, lot more because like, you guys don't have to pay for it if you stay in New Zealand. Is that yeah? So like at the moment, I'm still interest free. Oh, I see. But okay. I still pay for it. But as soon as I go overseas, interest is compiled i see but then there's like student loan and student allowance so your weekly living money there's one that you pay back and there's one that you don't have to pay back because if your parents earn under a pay bracket right then you don't have to pay it yeah so i i couldn't really speak to that um but yeah i I was just curious yeah i was just my parents had saved money away for me over the course of my lifetime and yeah i had the student line of credit so like together yeah it got me through and then I had a small mountain of debt to pay off when I mm. finished. <laughs> yeah, mine's still going strong. Nice. Okay, um, hey, you're interest-free, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a positive. But then what they don't tell you is that it, like they say, oh, I won't affect you, say, buying a house. But it actually does. Yeah, I'm sure that's something they consider when they're looking yeah, at giving you a loan. Yeah, say, for instance, uh, 12.5% of my pay goes to a student loan. Yeah. So that obviously okay. takes out on your... your that's huge, yeah. Of, uh, what do you call it? Your wage, your salary. Your ability to pay back. But do they look at that as like a point of concern as well? Like they look at credit card debt and they're starting to look at like your habits of spending, like even as far as looking at how often do you get takeaways in a week. Yeah. I'm sure that might be a part of that equation. But yeah. 
there's a lot, um, which yeah, they don't really tell you that it does affect you. No, oh, I know that because mm. I've tried. I completely agree. <laughs> so, your third turning point was a, a third and final breakup with the ex. Yeah, where did um, this uh, person start? Did it start at the start of university? Yeah, actually, it did. Like, and uh, ended at the end of university. Or just after, yeah. So we were together for quite a while. Um, yeah, I, I was, like I said, living and studying in Vancouver, came home after my very first semester at Christmas break. And we had actually gone to high school together, but he was just a bit older and we didn't really mingle much. And then met up again at like a f- mutual friend's house party. And yeah, it was kind of just hit it off from there. He came to Vancouver to visit me a lot. And then the, the next year he actually moved to Vancouver and he started studying as well. Um yeah, and so I'll so just... So um, terrible relationships uh, have become... A common theme. More common <laughs> to me than I actually realised. Um, to you personally or just with uh, all the people you've interviewed? Through the people, like, yeah. the knowledge that it is more common has come to me, yes. But uh, through this podcast, uh, talking to many people, um, why do you think they are so common? Oh... Love is blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody is, hope, it's, it's a common thing I think we're all looking for. Like that is such yeah. a common thread or most people are, is that to find that someone that they can share life with because... But you also get taught to like stick it out and... Absolutely. Like wear your heart on your sleeve and yeah. forgiveness. And that too. I also think like, again, love is blind. Like you can outside of a relationship that is toxic you Mm. can say like I would never get back together with somebody who would cheat on me I have way too much self-respect I would never anything and then when you're in it it is so very different when you're in the fishbowl like you you can't see because it's not that singular moment that you're looking at that you're like I would never do that one thing because there's that but it's compounded with all of the amazing and wonderful times you've shared with that person and that just is a quick way to make excuses for why it's okay that those things carry on um so yeah it carried on we broke up three times and the the third and final time I was um just finished university I was actually like couldn't get a job in Vancouver um it's such a sought-after place to live. It's a beautiful city. Um, add that to your travel list right now. Oh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Like, my husband, who is a farm boy through and through, that is the one city he thinks he could move to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just awesome. Um, anyway, yeah. Tried to get a job I was qualified for, but overqualified individuals were applying and getting those jobs. So it was just like, in the as a fresh grad, mm. I could not compete with that. I was working at a hair salon at the time, like kind of as their front management, mm-hmm. taking calls. And the at this point, I had figured out my boyfriend had cheated on me for the last time, and I was just having a cry at work, and the manager just pulled me aside, and she's like, what do you want? And I was just like, well, I don't know. She's like, no, 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 tell me right now. What do you want? Because you know. And I was like, oh, I mean, I want to work in GIS. And she's like, then do it. And it just, I don't know why, but it just hit me like a ton of bricks. She's like, you are the only person that can make this happen for you. You're the only person directing the course of your life. Like, I love you, but stop working here. Like, your talents are far reaching beyond Mm -hmm. here. Just do it. I was like, okay. (laughs) You kind of need the external. 
just like a slap in the yeah. face sort of thing, like in the very best way possible. And yeah, is that like, like your mom wasn't telling you that this person who like doesn't really know you doesn't have a lot of like love for you because how could yeah. they just they don't know you was just encouraging me and it was just like this sort of like light bulb moment and I think I was saying to you the other day like my life at that point felt like a snow globe and Mm. all the pieces had settled in various places that I just wasn't happy with like wasn't happy with my financial situation wasn't happy with my career progression wasn't happy in my relationship I just needed to literally do something so drastic that would shake this globe and the pieces would be all up back up in the air and they would have a whole new places to follow and as I am like coming to this revelation as my relationship's coming to an end I got an email from Qantas the airline my family and I years ago had traveled to uh, pardon me Australia a couple times and through those travel times we had accumulated points and I had all these points sitting there there was a one-way ticket I could buy to go to Australia for essentially free because of these points that I had. And I just randomly saw this email. I think it probably went into my junk folder. Yes, and I was like, oh, my God. This just felt like the universe was smacking me over the head with this. And I, my parents, at this point, I had like moved out from our apartment. I was living at my parents' house back on Vancouver Island. They were off traveling in Europe with friends. I was house-sitting, and I messaged them being like, I just bought a one-way ticket to Australia. And I just, like, we were all like, okay, okay. So I was leaving January 1st. And to start this whole new journey of, like, rediscovering myself. And Australia, as much as I love it, I had been there two or three times at this point. And we had really good family friends there, which was beautiful. But it felt like too much of a safety net. Mm. And, like, people would already know me. Like, I was just there to learn who I even was. And I just needed the slate to be so clean. I had to pick somewhere I'd never been before. And New Zealand was that place. Because it was close. (laughs) Um, If something, if shit truly hit the fan, I could go to Australia and be with those family friends. Um, I could go home. Yeah. But, yeah. So, that was the next turning point. One-way ticket to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I did write down snow globe analogy. So you yeah. That. Yeah. I, I've taken that on board <laughs> the last week. Um, mentioned it to a couple of people because cool. it's like, yeah, me like trying to move city for instance. Yes, absolutely. Um, which I am. Yes. Um, but what was running through your head during that time of like, yeah, that whole thing, the whole revelation, like your mind's just expanding. You're like, oh shit, I'm going to move. And then like, what was your game plan? Come to New Zealand. What, did you have a place to stay? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I had about Were you but, nervous, excited? Oh, I was sick to my stomach nervous. Yeah. yeah, because but I just knew I had to do it. A because if I stayed in Canada, I knew I would find my way mm. back to that person. Um also like if I wanted to stay in Canada, often you have to go north to find work and mm-hmm. to become like gain that experience and then become employable. I, with my cousin's company that I worked for, the Sustainable Forestry one, I flew north with his company and I did like a lot of work in the mountains and that was really cool for that time, but it was so not where I wanted to mm-hmm. be in that point in my life, um, too remote. So yeah, I sick to my stomach, nervous, got two jobs working at a bar and working at a pizza parlor and I just like worked my I probably bought the ticket in October and I was leaving in January so yeah, I yeah. had just like a few short months to make 
as much money as I could, which really wasn't a lot. <laughs> I think I had two and a half grand by the time I hopped on that plane. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like before I've left, I'm like online. Like I don't know about Trade Me, for example, which yeah. like now I'd be like, oh, that's the perfect way to have found flatmates. But oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I, there was like. How an, many years ago was this? 2018. Uh, five years. Yeah. No, no. Then, sorry. Must be 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Sorry. Bought the... Where was I? <laughs> Tickets coming over. Didn't know about Trade Me. Oh, yeah. Didn't know about Trade Me. So, um, like, I hopped online, basically found this. Um, it was like a Tinder, kind of, but for flatmates. Yeah. Overseas people. Um, so like, yeah, you chatted with various, or like MSN messenger mm. and I just like lined up with somebody who I lined up with a few people, but selected this one house and it was just some guy in Oraki in, mm. in Auckland, like by around Mission Bay. So I moved to his house and it was basically, it kind of felt like a halfway house. Like I remember I arrived there and I just, I got to my room, which was spider infested, webs everywhere. It was so dirty. Like there was no level of standard, like nobody had a um, like contract yeah. to be living there. Like you could literally up and leave. And it was, it was like, I think when I arrived in the bedroom next to me was a mom and two kids. It was, the but they left within the week that I had arrived and somebody else young had moved in. And like the house was just continually changing and I wasn't there for very long. Oh, um, I'm not surprised. No, it was horrible. I was very sad to be there. And I just like had this moment being like, what am I doing? And like instantly I missed my ex and that was, I missed my family so much to the point that they'd like, be messaging me like, how's it going? Are you okay? And I, they're like, Can, are you free for a phone call? And yeah. I could not phone them because they would hear just how okay how not okay I was yeah Yeah. I would just everything's good so you get on the ground I don't even have a cell phone like as simple as that I don't know where the grocery store is I get into the grocery store your grocery stores are completely different to Canadian grocery stores like I don't know what the brands are for anything like just stuff like that like you were like oh my god I am a fish out of water (laughs) um so yeah you know, you just take it one day at a time. So my promise to myself was you have to stay for th- at three-month intervals and just check yourself out. Like, yeah. at three months, if you're not happy, go home. It's okay. You gave it a good go. Yeah. So that was sort of my thing. And, man, there was a lot of change in every three months. Like, I got a job at a bar, was working there, had the time of my life for, like, two months or maybe a month. Yeah. It wasn't very long. But in that time, I handed out a bunch of resumes upon my arrival for GIS jobs. Mm -hmm. And part of my selection process for New Zealand, um, along with it being a place I'd never been to, was on your immigration list. GIS is a long-term skill shortage in this country. So I thought, well, that's a pretty good odds that I would find a job. Good gateway. Yeah. But I still didn't have a job when I (laughs) arrived. So now I, I do. I'm working at that bar, living literally paycheck to paycheck. And I land, I think this is my other turning point. I land a job in um, Hamilton. Yeah. It was with Well Networks. And hats off to those guys, man, because I am like a new grad who I didn't have a lot of work experience. I had some, but I had a really good attitude and they totally saw that and they hired me on for a job I was so underqualified for. But my manager just had all the patience in the world and just taught me and sent me to workshops to learn coding languages and 
I became really good at my mm. job. But yeah, it was just like. Did you just not study all that extra shit that you needed? Um, it was just this particular language. There's so many. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, ha- yeah. I didn't know. And like, I think in especially today, if you were to redo my degree, you absolutely would. But yeah. I was still so on like the. It was so new at the yeah. time. I think they didn't appreciate just how important mm-hmm. that was to know. Um, so yeah, that's what brought me. So like I'm living in Auckland um, and I get a job in Hamilton and all my bar friends are like, you're moving to Hamilton. Yeah, and yeah. I just had, I felt so upset because yeah. of how poorly they painted the city. Hamilton, yeah. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. And, but yeah, I was like, well, I'm not, not gonna go because that was the whole goal of this was to find a proper job yeah. work it and then go home so like also within the three month thing like stay for three months three months three months mm-hmm. my also goal was to like ultimately I was going to just stay for a year so that in that time I got enough experience under mm-hmm. my belt that I could go back to Canada to Vancouver and like start start <laughs> How did you, um, like, at the beginning, obviously, so I'm assuming you jumped between a few flats, jumped between a few jobs before you settled? In Hamilton, do you mean? No, like, before you came to Hamilton. Oh, like, in Auckland still? Yeah, yeah. Um, So I was in that one horrible flat at the bar. I met this girl, and she's like, me and my dad just live up the road. We have a granny flat out the back. Like, you're so welcome. And he wasn't even going to charge me rent. And I was like, no, no, you have to charge me rent. Like, oh, my God, you're already saving me from this hell. So, yeah, he charged me peanuts and rent. I then got this job, and I needed to buy a car. The man drove me around Auckland to various car dealerships. Like, being my pseudo-dad, basically, or pseudo-parent, and drove test drove cars with me, and, like, also... We drive on the other side of the road in Canada. So this oh, poor man is yeah. in the car with me being like, <laughs> left, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So like he and her, like they're like, they're turning people, turning point people yeah. in my life. Like they just really you still have in me. connection with them? Yeah. She's a bit younger than me. So we're just yeah. at very different, different life, life stages. Yeah. So it's harder to keep in contact. But we have each other on social media again. Like, that's how I keep my connections. That is so friends. cool, though. Oh, my gosh. So, like, so yeah, pe- people say Canadians are nice. And, like, sure, we're not bad. Yeah. But Kiwis are some of the top-notch people in, on this planet. Like, okay. I have just been taken under wing, countless wings and looked after. And, yeah, I just feel so blessed with all the people who have come into my life Sheep. since moving here. Oh, it's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, um, how good was it to have a supportive parents during this time? Amazing. Yeah. To the well, they weren't like, "Come home, just come home." They were no. So this is the funniest part of the story. Is so I was only staying for a year, and even like as I'm getting on the plane, mum or dad are like, "Do not meet a boy." Like, oh my god, I just got out of the worst relationship. Like, I yeah. will not meet a boy. <laughs> Trust me, this is the last thing on my list. Um, and then so. Yeah, during this time, like, I've moved to Hamilton. So, yeah, sorry, I didn't jump around a heap. Like, I stayed at that granny mm-hmm. flat with that father and daughter. And then I moved to Hamilton. And I just, again, because and I didn't know... at that know, point, you got a car. I got a car in Auckland. Yeah. So, and then yeah. moved down to Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I moved into, like, a three-month lease, like, bachelor sort of pad in a really sketchy area. Like, oh, my gosh, now that I know the city, I'm like, holy moly, like, you are... 
really lucky you got out of there and uns- we relatively there. unscathed. Um, Melville? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a quick sidebar. I had a neighbor in this complex who would write me letters. Some days she'd be, like, she was bipolar. Like, some days she'd be mm. mad and her letter would be all scraggly looking, horrible writing saying terrible things and then the next day she would be like a, a different person and like happy and writing beautifully and the, the physical writing would change like you could tell it was just insane so like this is where I was living now terrible um so like during this time I'm f- like I want to come home now yeah. like I'm not enjoying this I since moved to a different flat with a couple um near um sugar bowl cafe mm-hmm. i can't yep. remember Myra. Model. yeah yeah so i was living there still super homesick like i haven't really met a lot of people um but my parents being like so supportive just trying to push me to a like to like you're you're still so young in your journey they had actually just bought flights to come visit me in october at this point it's maybe june um just stay like at least until we've come you st- you still get the year of experience under your belt which will get, make you more qualified like that was really important mm-hmm. um so th- stay 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 so it's yeah june my birthday was in august so i flew to australia to be with those family friends yep. um on my birthday me and my ex chatted and we agreed because n- neither of us had really met anyone at this point if there was some like keep exploring the world keep exploring new people but I was coming back in December if we still both had not met Mm. anyone in that time let's revisit this because when it's good it's good right (laughs) and so that was August 8th September 2nd I met Sean okay (laughs) before we get there because I know that ties in with your parents supportive parents eh? yeah yeah so you weren't happy with where you were because you hadn't really met anybody and stuff like that. But what you just said, your job was very good, very supportive. My job was? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so everyone, like, gosh, everyone at that office was lovely. Yeah. I was just the youngest by <laughs> 15 years plus. Yeah. Like, so there, I mean, there's nobody who after work I'd go grab a drink with. Like, they yeah. all go home to their families. Um, so that just emphasizes the fact of, like, a work-life balance, doesn't it? For sure. That if, even if work's great and your yeah, external shit, then it's very bad. Yeah. Or vice versa. Absolutely. So, like, I joined a gym, mm-hmm. which, again, like, you meet people, but for me it was still so surface level. I couldn't quite crack the, like, let's go outside of this environment that we regularly see each other mm. and, like, grow this further. Yeah. So how did you meet new people? Well, I joined a social volleyball league mm-hmm. when I first arrived in Hamilton. Um, did you just carve up? I ca- <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just messaged the organizer of yep. it and just said, hey, I'm a floater. Like, if any, if any team's short a player, let me know. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have just a team for you. And he put me in with these girls who I'm still in contact with to this day like they're lovely girls um and we all had that one thing in common so yeah there once a week I was Mm -hmm. getting to see these people but yeah again once again you didn't get outside of the volleyball well that too like yeah at this point volleyball like I'll always love it but it just be if at any point it becomes too much of a commitment it's automatically a chore yeah and so I I think I just overdid it that when I was younger um so yeah I don't I can't bring myself to play it too much. Like, and they they started like, let's play on the club team, 
And then it was like, no, no way. So then, uh, yeah, I lose a bit. Like, they're busy now yeah. with practices twice a week and playing on the weekend. So, um, yeah, so I really I struggled meeting people. Like, I did go on Tinder a few times. I know I said I wasn't going to meet a boy, but it wasn't to meet a person that I mm-hmm. wanted to spend my life with. It was literally so socially I could go out and have dinner in town with somebody and just not be alone. Like, it was just that yeah. sort of connection. So how many years ago was this? Four. No, no. Five. I moved 2017, to 2017. Yeah, I moved to. It must be 2016 then, because it's been seven years. This January being that I came. Oh yeah. yeah. I yeah okay on the Tinder thing. <laughs> it's not very good place to meet people, is it at all? Well, it's either for two reasons, like a long term relationship or short term fun. Again, like yeah. So it was sorry. This is 2016 when I'm yeah. using it. I mean, it is. It is. I guess it was still that sort of platform. Like he yeah. didn't go on there to meet a friend, but yeah. a lot of the time it did not eventuate to more for yeah. me anyway. But yeah, like you do meet some nice people. So I don't what know. Some, uh, do you got any horror stories that you tend to date? <laughs> I have a few. Yeah. I've got two for you. Yeah. Um, so the first one is I rock up to the bar. Um, the guy's, I guess he was a student, like, took a bus. We made at the restaurant, and we're having, like, a nice enough time. He's just had a few, like, off-putting things throughout our dinner. Like, I am just having the best time. Mm-hmm. Like, super enthusiastic. He probably said that to me four times. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, me too. This is great. So, anyway, now I, like, we're, the date is done. I offered to drive him home because I felt bad yeah, he took yeah. the bus. And we're driving home. And he says again, I am just having the best time. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. He's like, and honestly, I'm going to chalk it up to you and not the shrooms. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I just like pretty much stopped the car and went, what? You're not high right now, are you? He's like, yeah, I am. (laughs) Yeah, bro. He was like (laughs) super stoked with himself. dude. (laughs) (laughs) And I just said, oh, just get out of the car. We were pretty much at his house, yeah. like we were, but I was like, just get out. He's like, no, 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 like, he even texted me after, like, don't be so upset, like, I can change. I remember him saying that, being like, I, I, don't, I hardly remember your name, like, I'm not worried about you changing. So, yeah, oh, that was... Uh, so, dude on shrooms. Dude on shrooms. Ah. And then, um, actually, there's three for you. Uh, so, second one is I rock up to the bar, the guy who I... A meeting is there. I can see the back of his head. And I rock up. I'm like, hi. And he turns towards me, and he is wearing a Pirates of the Caribbean medallion necklace. Did that not just <laughs> turn you on? And I literally was like, hi, is that a Pirates of the Caribbean medallion necklace? And he's like, oh, my God, yes. Nobody ever gets that. And I think he thought we were soulmates yeah, in that yeah, moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he tried to come over to teach me guitar and, like, no, <laughs> that ended pretty much right then and there. Um, and the last one was I went, like I had dinner with this guy. He wanted to have one more drink. And he said, do you want to split a drink? And I was like, okay, yeah, we can split a drink. So we go up. He orders some Midori dream or something horrible and um, pulls out a coin purse and literally paid for half of the drink and said she's got the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, split, like, 
go half and half like, on the drink, like the physical drink, not necessarily the the money pain. portion of it. No, he meant the money portion, oh. and he made sure he got his half, and I just was like, I just need to leave. Like I, I, Holy I paid, shit. and like we we had it, and yeah. Okay, so. on that then, two questions: <laughs> Did you ever pull out of a date like early, like like just say for instance, turn around, see the medallion, and be like, "Not nah, see you later, sayonara." And the other one was, did you expect that? You just see Kiwis are very nice people. Did you think that males were pretty shit at that stage? <laughs> um, I never pulled out of a date early. I never yeah. like would let it go into the evening. Like yeah, By yeah, the yeah. time dinner was done, I would ride that out. Yeah, yeah. I guess, A, I'm too nice probably. Yeah. Um, B, uh, well, I'm going to go home and sit by myself anyway, so might as well jump on this roller coaster and go for a ride. Yeah, good mindset. Yep. <laughs> um, and, I mean, yeah, when you move country like that, you have to be a kind of a yes girl or a yes yeah. person. Like, you never know. Yeah, this person, obviously, it's not going to work out with, but they might be friends with somebody who I could click with or whatever. Yeah. Um, what was the last question? Uh, your expectations <laughs> of males. Um, I mean... I hadn't really dated a ton in Canada, but I know yeah. there are frogs over there too. It was just like, oh well, paying my dues, kissing my frogs so I can meet the prince, I guess. <laughs> no, it wasn't just Kiwi guys are all good, not writing them <laughs> off. <laughs> no, that's interesting. So then, um, so we flick back around to being supportive parents. So they had their tickets booked. Yep. You were pretty homesick. You were considering going home. They're like, no, nah, stay, stay, stay. And then uh, good old Tinder, you found a prince. Yeah. So with that Continue job I had with uh, with that job I had with Well Networks, they either won tickets or they were like selling tickets for cheap to the All Blacks game. Mm-hmm. They were coming to Hamilton in 2016 to play Argentina, and like that was to me quintessential New Zealand. Like I can't be in this country for a year, live the experience, and not have seen the All Blacks play. So like I got the tickets, but yeah, I had no one to take, and. Um, decided to hop on like at this point I had hung up tinder because I was like oh my god this is just not for me um like activated it and I I matched with Sean he was like one of the first people I matched with and like at this point the bar is so low like I literally just need somebody who's not wearing a Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) necklace he's not high on drugs and like we'll pay for a drink um and yeah like he was funny enough so we decided I wanted to meet up with him the week before the game and like do you want to talk about love at first sight it was when I first saw Sean like it was just like oh my god oh like I just don't even have words to describe it like there was a physical electric charge when I was around him I just felt this like I'm not gonna say like put I can't put it into words but like a vibration within my body I just feel it I still feel it sometimes when we're near each other it is so strange but yeah we just like hit it off he picked me up pretty much we made it to the seats at the restaurant and I asked him if he wanted to come to the All Blacks game with me the (laughs) next weekend like super cool very calm um and he was like shit yeah okay and see they coming out imagine yeah no (laughs) um and like we just spent like the night getting to know each other and then the week getting to know each other and then yeah he picked me up for the all blacks game and he brought 
a toque, or we call it a toque. You guys call it a beanie, sorry. Oh, yeah, A yeah. beanie with, a, like, All Blacks logo on it. He's like, I can't have you go on your first All Blacks game without some All Blacks paraphernalia. And I just thought, man, that's so nice. And, oh, just in every sense of the word, we really hit it off. And it yeah. was, like, a hot and heavy 11 months. <laughs> um, yeah, we just went from zero to 100 pretty quick. My parents came to... Why do you say 11 months? Because we got engaged at 11 months, Sean proposed. And then what, it just eased off after that? No, 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 I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I just meant like, yeah, that early, that start of yeah. our relationship was just to that level of intensity within those 11 months that we then agreed to spend the rest of our lives together. Woo! Yeah, heavy stuff. And how many years later is it now? Well, I moved, it'll be Six. seven years that I met him in September. Yeah. So it's not quite been seven yet. Woo! Yeah, so here my my parents are like, stay, 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 yeah. just hold on for a little bit longer. So I met him in September, and they came in November, <laughs> and or even October. And I remember telling my mom, her, like, the th- it was just my parents and myself, and we mm-hmm. did, a like, a road trip around the South Island, and we were in Twizel, of all places, at the, like, bar there. It was, like, a um, All Blacks versus... Um, wallabies game it was so fun we go to bed at night and like right before I hit the pillow I just went mom I actually think I've met the one and so like let me put this into perspective we met in September and this is only like a month or two later and I was like mom I just I think I've met the one and she burst into tears the poor woman and they weren't happy no (laughs) no not at all so this woman who's given up her whole life like her kids are her life's work Now her daughter's telling her, like, I think I've met the one. And the writing for her is on the wall. Like, he's a business owner, so it's not an easy transition for him to come to Canada. She's already here living in New Zealand. She's just going to stay. And so, yeah, like a piece of her is now permanently going to be staying here, which we've already gone through almost a Mm. year at this point, which was hard for all of us being apart. Oh, was she still very supportive at that moment? Um, Or was there, like, some doubt, like, oh, no, you can't, it's only been a month. It was never no discouragement, um, but I can't say it was all supportive. Like if so, the the next year of our lives together, like that's how I knew like Sean will love me and support me Mm -hmm. forever because that was a really difficult year. Like after we agreed to be married, my mom got sick. Like a really close friend and I, we had a falling out. We're since like mended that, but yeah, that was like a really hard Mm -hmm. time. I still didn't have like a ton of like super close friends at that stage um, and just dealing with general homesickness. So it's quite often through adversity, uh, relationships are built stronger. I, I like can attest to that or I can see how they wouldn't and mm. the opposite or would happen. Break, yeah. yeah. So I was just a shell of my former self during this year and like we've only known each other now for a year and Sean unwaveringly stood by me loved me and just let me work through everything that was happening and yeah my mom she actually got breast cancer and I when I found out I flew home right away well within the month Sean like right on the eve of me leaving basically goes should I come I was like he's like I I can only come for like a week because of work and I was like I mean, I would love that, but I'm not asking you to do that. That's a lot. And he bought a, he bought tickets and just flied with me and supported mm-hmm. my family and myself in that. And 
yeah, unwavering that guy. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's the small things, but that is actually, it is a big thing. There. It's massive, yeah. yeah. And my sister, one of them, was actually graduating university at the time, so we got to go for her convocation, and it was huge. My mom to this day just we didn't tell her he was coming, so I'm yeah. hugging her at the ferry terminal. Meanwhile, she gets a tap on the shoulder, and he's standing there with like a bouquet of flowers, and she just like burst into even more tears, like. Today, she will say Sean is the best thing that's ever happened to us, um, yeah. to me. But at the time, yeah, was, um, she, like, they came. She was pretty, like, they both were a bit standoffish with him, but started to like him at the end or fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, then they sent my youngest sister to, like, try and, I'm using air quotes, break us up, find what's wrong with him. Like, we got to, like, not let this <laughs> event like happen now my littlest sister just loved him and then the middle sister came and she said I've just never seen Holly so happy and just so like content and calm and I really felt that with him yeah. too especially coming out of that last relationship I was just so different I was just gonna say something but it lost me <laughs> um oh so you're talking about you're so happy in that but there are sacrifices obviously made to stay um like that your parents getting sick potentially funerals weddings birthdays you're missing all that Mm. how how have you managed i suppose like yeah what's that been like it's um it's been bumpy to be honest like a lot of growing pains with that like i can say i've got to a point now where it's just you make your peace with it i guess like that is like the realities of Sean and mine relationship as one of us is always missing out in that family kind of regard. Um, it's often me. We decided to get married in Canada for this sort of reason. Like so many of my people never get to be mm. a part of things. So um, the unfortunate part of that was there was a lot of Kiwis that couldn't come, like especially family. We had an amazing group of friends come. Um, and some of some immediate family members but there were a lot that just couldn't and that's like it's so understandable why but yeah I on like the eve eve of our wedding Sean pulled me aside and he's like I I'm just getting a real honest look into what you deal with every day and this is fucking hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not that I'd ever wish that on him to learn that especially in that way but yeah it's just I guess being conscious of He's just really conscious of what I'm dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And, um, like, we have, like, a really good family chat. He's in that, and he's always encouraging phone calls, or he takes videos and shares it with the family. And I actually ended up having to see a counselor at one point. Like, in that like we got engaged in that year. We, our first, we were engaged for two years. Um, in that first year, I saw a counselor because I was just struggling so much, and I was worried, like, I would get to a point in our relationship that I'd come to resent Sean because we had to live Mm -hmm. in New Zealand at this stage in our life. Like he, yeah, he's a business owner. He has staff. Like it was just, it wasn't a move easily made. And she basically said to me, like, I think why you're struggling so much is because you have a foot in, in two separate camps and no can't neither of the two camps know about each other about Mm -hmm. the day today's about the things you love the things you don't like she said what you need to do and this isn't going to happen quickly is you need to build a bridge between the two camps and once that bridge starts to form 
you will feel more at peace where you are. That sounds very cliche, like build a bridge, get over it. What did that look like for you? For me, it looked like um, having Kiwis come to Canada mm-hmm. and ca- Canadians come to New Zealand. That was because, like, my whole heart is within my friends and family. Like, I just love my people so much. So, so is that for connection? You're trying to build correct. connection within your friends? It's not yes. necessarily for them to see what you love and for it's these people to see what you miss? Both, for sure, both. Because, like, now... Yeah, when I'm in New Zealand, people are like, oh, man, like, remember that? Remember your wedding when we did this? Like, talking about good times. Um, like, yeah, them knowing my my parents. Like, how are your parents? Like, people actually ask me, how are your parents yeah. doing? Like, that sort of bridging of, yeah, the two lives. And, like, people see where my childhood home is and, like, have an appreciation for the beauty that w- that's there. And, um yeah. So what was, like, it's hard to ask for help. So what was the push that um, kind of got you to go see a counsellor? Um, I think I probably just recognised it in myself. Mm-hmm. And maybe that stems from the whole volleyball grit. Like you, yeah, you're in a team, but you're so, you're working with yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I just recognised, like, I just didn't have that like lightness about me that I had when Sean and I first met there was not a lot of pressure on how anything had to go because I wasn't staying Mm -hmm. so we literally I just was so present and just enjoyed every moment as it as it unfolded however it did and I was I could feel that I had lost that like I still loved him so much but it was just so much going on and I think my mum getting sick was like the real catalyst being like oh my gosh like I need some tools in the box here to help work through this and yeah like wanting mine and Sean's relationship to be successful but maybe to also ask the question like I remember asking her like am I going to resent him that was a big fear of mine like choosing this life over that and like I don't want to get to a stage and yeah wonder what if what were some other tools in that you managed to put in your box um, she said, like, New Zealand doesn't feel like home because Sean was always showing me things that are beautiful and wonderful about this country. She said, you two need to go together and experience new things together. And that's where we started to do the great walks. Mm-hmm. Those came in. So Sean's really wasn't a hiker. Um, he'll still tell you he's not. <laughs> um, that is some of our absolute best memories that are on those trails. Yeah. Um, there's other things that we've done too, but yeah, like just experiencing New Zealand together as something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point of your life, do you think you have a foot in both camps? Absolutely, yeah. No, I've reached a level of contentment mm-hmm. um, w- to the point like w- we're talking futuristically down the road about the potential of moving back to Canada and I sit and I sit with that and I look around me and I think, ooh, I will be really sad to leave. I'll be sad to leave. I also, like you mentioned, our my good friend Jen. Um, she's a Canadian. She's from my hometown. Um, she came into my life and she introduced me to another wonderful Canadian girl as well. And the three of us, I think that's created a level of like this home as well mm-hmm. and, and foot in two camps as yep. well because they'll be like, 
even just like a jingle on a radio station or an ad and we'll like finish each other's like song because we grew up hearing that on the on the tv but nobody else would get it yeah yeah that sort of stuff so did you say potentially you've moved back there's been chat about it yeah um do you feel somewhat obliged to do that because you spend x amount of time here you should spend x amount of time there no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... But you've just like built this fantastic place. Yeah, yeah. You can build another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose it's about letting go and going forward change. A lot of people don't want to be changing. Oh, so I'm the opposite. Uh, yeah. I find if the thought of like knowing that like I will drive this road every single day till the day I die, like I'll walk through this door every single day, like yes, there's comfort and consistency, but for me that also is a bit suffocating mm-hmm. like i again with the snow globe pieces like you just, you just i just love yeah like i would love to not know what's coming basically like to some in some to some extent yeah i was gonna say yeah to some extent for sure because otherwise you'd be like when you're planning to coming over here it's very nervous and that but then in a way you'd be throwing away what you got now yeah, so, yeah only to some degree but like and I'm thank you for seeing it that way. Like I, I sit here and I pinch myself like this is our home. We get to live here. But there's a part of me that's going, what next? Like I dreamed of this mm. life f- for my whole life basically. And I'm only 30, <laughs> which is yeah. great. But, but like, it's not what? like you just clock life at 30, is it? No. The day that you stop learning is the day you start dying. Absolutely. I'm completely 100% on that same page. Mm. So yeah, like... And I said that at the start, like you want to appreciate, like take a moment and relish where you are because there was a time in your life where you would give given your right arm to Mm. be here. So I don't mean to like do that, like disregard or not appreciate where we are. I'm like present and I'm trying very hard to be, but I also need more. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever be complacent? I hope not. Why not? Because... Like he just said, like oh, the moment be boring. you, yeah, it'd be boring. Like there'll be a, I probably won't always just pick up country and move yeah, forever. Yeah, like yeah. that's a, that's an extreme, but yeah, like the day you stop learning is the day you die. And I feel like in a state of change is where you're learning a lot. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, becoming a mum, mm. that was your next and kind of final turning point. Yeah. I um, mean, I think I wrote on there. I haven't been at this long enough to look at how it's been a turning point, if that makes sense. Like, I could tell you how volleyball was a turning point because it taught me this, this, and this. Yeah. How meeting Sean back. opened up mm. all these doors because he introduced me to people. And but at the same time, it's a key moment that's changed your life forever. Hugely. So, so that's. In that the is, case, is a yes. Turning point. No, yeah. I, I, I'm not disputing it's not. I'm just, I can't really speak to how. How? <laughs> uh, yeah, but so we'll much. Touch on it. Sleep deprivation. How have you dealt with it? Um, uh, You've gone no coffee. Has that helped? Actually, well, okay, I'm going to get a lot of like eye rolls listening to this, but my baby's a wonderful sleeper. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really had to deal with it too much. Like the most he's ever woken in a night was three times, and that's happened once. So sorry, all the moms out there. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I haven't had to battle it too much but yeah so when I first gave birth I gave up coffee so that everyone tells you to sleep when the baby sleeps I did do that um because yeah um that was hugely helpful um 
my husband is a very present and helpful partner. Um, so like if there was a night I was having difficulty settling him and I was the primary parent to be getting mm-hmm. up because Sean is the primary like parent mm-hmm. that he's working yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. So like it didn't make sense for us both to be tired. Um, but yeah, if I was having trouble, he would always come in and like help mm-hmm. on the weekends. He would, he would then do a night feed so I yeah. could actually sleep on the weekends and teamwork makes the dream work holy hell it does yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's probably how we got through it together um yeah we had a really sleepy baby so i was really lucky (laughs) uh do you want to go back to work i do yeah for sure (laughs) um i like everybody does it for life because you need money to earn whatever to live but like when you go away from it what what's drawing you back to to work this thing that everybody's ends up resenting kind of thing I guess like I don't resent my job Mm -hmm. that's the starting point is I really love my job I love who I work with um I love the learning opportunities that are available to me there um also I love adult conversation yeah (laughs) um I like to get dressed in the morning I mean I can do that all I can do that here but like just to to leave the house and just feel like a participating part of society um I'm not going to go back full time. I'm going to go back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and yep. for an undetermined amount of time. Um, and I think that for me will be the perfect balance because um, I get, I don't have to go to work to the point that, yeah, you're getting sick and tired of yeah. it. And I get to still spend like full days with my son um, and in between be with people socially, mm-hmm. professionally, um, maybe fit in a gym excursion yeah. in between. Um Everybody talks about like the gender pay gap. Do you think motherhood is uh, a key influence on that? I think it absolutely is. Um, yeah, is the short answer. For sure. Um, you're sacrificing that time. Yeah. Um, before I went on maternity leave, my work is very like forward thinking and and they held a meeting with all us soon-to-be moms about maternity leave and what our feels are on it and... Um, I remember saying, like, I'm, I'm scared to go into motherhood because I've worked my ass off to be here, mm-hmm. to get this far, and I'm going to step away from the team because it's my, like, that's the responsibility I'm yeah. putting on myself, and I've, I'm weary that I'm going to come back and just be behind in every sense of the world. Even, like, pay is huge, but also my skill. Mm. Like, and it's a very, it's a fast-changing field, and... Um, they have put in place, like, so we, no matter, like, even if you're on maternity leave, we're still eligible for our pay reviews every mm-hmm. year, no matter what. Um, and they have, like, a plan in place. So when I go back, I actually work with, I don't know if, I, I haven't done it yet, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but, like, a sort of a counselor. And they talk, they're, like, a third party to work and to myself. And they sit down and talk with us about the balance of our life in work outside of work um and just how we're feeling with the whole like so you're working with isn't it amazing so yeah we work with a counselor um and then work itself has they've said like just because you stepped away does not mean we wouldn't consider Mm -hmm. you for um like future promotions or growth opportunities and like i have i've gotten i've received a call from my manager who's already talking to me about, I have a perfect job for you. I want you to be the lead on it. Mm-hmm. So I um, I feel really fortunate with who I'm in employment with. And I, so it's an issue. 
gender pay. Um, for me personally, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you been away from work? Uh, nine months. Well, ten months, I guess. Do you think that, or are you not afraid, but are you worried that when you go back that everything's changed drastically within that ten-month period that you come back and it's like a whole new like environment kind of thing? Um, not so much in the workplace, but just the field, my like GIS field. Yeah, I have anxiety so around that. Yeah, for sure. Um, not that I can't learn it, mm-hmm. um, and I will. <laughs> but even just like the state of my brain. Like, have you ever gone on holiday and you come back and you can't remember the password to get into your computer? <laughs> nah, <I'm> just, <laughs> just me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's happened once or twice. So I'm like just worried about like yeah. the things that I've just don't remember and like yeah. yeah you know when you start a new job and you that first week you're like holy hell I've just been hammered with information yeah, like yeah I know there'll be a bit of that did you end up listening to that mum brain no podcast? sorry I haven't no. even found it yet no we'll get on to it later <laughs> um has it been lonely isolating yeah mum? definitely like you talk about having adult conversations doing the same thing structure for a child yeah how have you been able to I suppose combat that um I've been really fortunate that a lot of um, girls, so like my husband has introduced me to all, all of his friends and mm. all of his friends are married or in relationships with wonderful partners and we just happen to all get along really well and we're all in this life stage together. So Lachlan's the second youngest mm. by weeks. Um, so I've got a really good support of young mums there. S- same with my girlfriends back in Canada, like a lot of them are young mums. Um, and then I've, gone a step further and joined like a mum and babies group called space mm-hmm. um so that's once a week um I just tried to every day plan something so I'm either even if it's a walk by myself like mm-hmm. with Lachlan in the um push chair like uh, that just gets me out and gets me out of the environment um a lot easier now that he's older than six months like mm-hmm. from there the game really changed but pre that it was a challenge because they're really, they can't do a lot. They can't roll, they yeah. can't crawl. So they're like, he'd they're be lying dependent. on the floor. And if you're not there, they kind of cry because they get annoyed yeah. and they're lonely. And so, yeah, that was challenging. But uh, like, since he's been wa- crawling around, well, mm-hmm. he chases me around the kitchen and we laugh and it's so fun. Like I'm having, I'm in definitely the golden era at the moment with him. Yeah. Like we're just having a blast. So at the beginning you talk about, um, I think, anyway, uh, your mum had to relearn who she was. Yeah. Have you? I'm definitely in the process of that, yeah. Like, the things that, like, for example, Ara, I haven't been able to step back into studio yet. And part of that is is has been personal choice, because, like, my husband would, if I really wanted to go, I could go. Yeah. He would come and look after him. But yeah, when he comes home, I'm like, well, I want to spend time with you because yeah. I haven't seen yeah. you. And um, so, yeah, there's just, I don't feel like I found my groove just yet. Mm-hmm. I, th- um, I mean, this isn't really my groove either. Like once I'm back at work, I think mm. that will be more of the balance and finding my new routine there. Um, you talk about the hairdresser salon, that yeah. your manager asking you, what do you want? Uh, this was a finishing question in the old set but it's not so I'll ask you now what do you want what do I want it's mm. <sighs> a heavy question because like you've changed a lot since you're what, right seven years ago and 
like in this moment I have everything I'd ev- I've ever wanted mm. and I'm only I'm not even halfway <laughs> well maybe halfway <laughs> no not even halfway so um I can't really tell you big picture but we want another baby mm-hmm. we'd like to have two babies um yeah it's a loaded question. Like, I want to... Maybe I should have hit that yeah. for, you, for your notes over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to have fulfillment in this life and to never, like, stop searching or pushing myself mm. for the next thing that could give that. Like, you don't... Sitting here, I don't know what that is, I guess, is why I'm struggling with the question. But, um, yeah, like, never... I want to keep the zest for life to keep searching for what will leave me fulfilled I touched on it earlier so this thing I wrote down isn't it funny how we desire so much yet when you are unwell you desire only one thing Um, which is kind of interesting to hear that you're so grateful for what you've got which is awesome like you know taking a step back being present in the moment but also thinking that this is what younger self always wanted Mm. um but you can always draw it back to your health. Yeah. Whenever you get sick, eh? it's just like... It's Absolutely. Yeah, it's so humbling. We actually just all had a cold last week, and yeah, yeah. you're just like, oh my gosh. You forget about all those desires. Absolutely. Eh? You realise what you hold close to you. Mm. Do you think you have a purpose, or are you just living in an autopilot? Mm. Oh, that's a heavy one too. Um purpose is a big word mm. like when i hear that yeah could we because when i hear the word purpose i feel like it's like a greater well probably i don't know how do you what does purpose mean to you let's start there <laughs> purpose um i suppose you could say it's a meaning of life but that is loaded as well do you have a reason to be on this earth that is loaded as well that is purpose i mean yeah, purpose, I always, like, the word purpose is so big. Like, I think of mm-hmm. how you're changing the world purpose, but I don't Do think it think needs to be that, that big. you have a purpose? Because if you didn't, you would be on autopilot. You would be just doing the mundane. See, your purpose at the moment, I would imagine, would be looking after Lockie. Yeah. You know, um, that's your primary purpose. Because if you didn't, you'd be working. And then if you went autopilot, it would just be going, going through that door hundreds of times to work. Home from work, like, to work, yeah. home from work. I feel like I'm guilty of that too, though. Like, aren't we all? That's routine, yeah. which is what we kind of crave. Yeah, but then we fight We fight against fight, yeah. it. To, um, I also think a purpose of mine is to be a loving and supportive partner. Mm-hmm. Um, a loving and supportive daughter and friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to have an answer. It's just a wandering thought. Mm. Do you? Can I ask you questions? <laughs> yeah, no, you can. Do I have a purpose? I think my purpose at the moment is, yeah, I th- think I've said it, is live my life to the width and not only the length. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be just another cog in the wheel of life. Uh, How do you stop from being that? How do you prevent that from happening? Yeah, see, I was thinking about it the other day about obviously the the way that we're, life works say so if we didn't have money mm. right everybody would be trading mm. you'd trade your services um 
if you have a garden, you know, you'd trade your food for someone who can, say, look after your kid, maybe, just hypothetical. So then you introduce money, so that's currency. Um, well, we're talking about purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how do you prevent becoming that cog yeah, yeah, in the yeah. wheel? So of the life? cog of wheel, so now everything revolves around money, so currency. And then to get anything, you need to have currency, so you work. You work to get currency, which is jumping into that wheel of life, which is what everybody does. To combat that, I suppose you need to find a job that you love mm-hmm. so that it's not a chore. Um, the way I'm not trying to be, a, I suppose, a wheel, of, a cog, and just an ordinary cog would be to do the things that I want to do, not just what society expects me to do. Right. Which, in a way, you know, is that blueprint of life that you go to school, you get a good job or you study, um, you find a house, you settle down, you get married, whatever, you have kids. That's your standard blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I have followed, obviously. But following in your dreams and what you want to do and your passions and your desires as opposed to... Having good boundaries, I guess. Yeah. And good balance between all of those things. Yeah, so it's and not, not following orders. Yeah, 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 right. Being so true to, like, always being, like, cognizant of what yeah, drives what you. you desire, what yeah, what exa- you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. in a way. Mm. Um, so not not being stereotypical, uh, being unique is probably my way of not being... Yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, any other points you want to raise before we hit your hit you on the last questions? Hopefully before Lockie wakes up. Um, no, nothing. nothing no. no, no extra comments. Um, let me just look at my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> your novel. Um, no, that's 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 my story. Beauty. Are you a folder or a scruncher? Oh, folder. Fucking love it. <laughs> Uh, who is someone you'd like to speak with, dead or alive? <sighs> is this not on your notes? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You're going for a loop. Um, can we come back to this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. But you're, you're going to be thinking about the next question anyway. Okay. So you're never going to think. Can you edit out how long this is taking me to think about yeah, it? Yeah, if you want. <laughs> um, I don't know. Can we skip this one? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, if you didn't want to have to, uh, if you didn't have to work anymore, what would you do with your days? Well, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Lots, spending lots of time outside, connecting with nature, playing with my kids. Um, yeah. I mean, do I have unlimited supply of money? Because yeah, you can do. I would travel a lot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I'm happiest when I'm ex- yeah, like experiencing change and new things. What is something you want to have achieved or started in five years' time? Growing our family. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it looks like, but like just progress in my career. I'm not sure how that looks because I haven't been there for so long. Like yeah. what opportunities are there? But just to grow, I guess, professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd like to have traveled. To it, like we travel to Canada um, a lot. Like I'd like to, as a family, like travel somewhere new where we don't have like the safety net of family and just do a trip. I guess. Have you done all the great walks? No, not all of them. Nah. Are you gonna do it with the kids? 
We've talked about it, yeah. Um, they're probably just a bit too young, um, especially on a great walk because, like, those bunks hey, are booked. Big they're big too, too yeah. Um, but when we were doing them, you'd see people with younger kids. You would see people with young kids, and you think, how oh, the heck? I guess they're sleeping in tents. We always do the huts. Yeah. Um, so just one more thing to carry. Um, yeah, I mean. Do you got prong here much? We've done it once, yeah, and yeah. we, we uh, camped up there too for the night, which was quite, well, it was no, funny. I can't say I've done the summer. But. My husband was hungover as shit the day we did it, and he, we joke his soul is still on the summit. <laughs> 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 he was so ill when we got there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my mate Carl have done a couple of my real it's hungover. It's a toughie. It's, it's terrible. It is. Like, when you think of, like, yeah, the great walks, how it's like a highway, basically. Your walk, the path could not be clearer. Yeah. That is. Whew. There's um, Mount Karioi. Oh yeah, Wagon. I've done that a few times. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah. I like that one. It's beautiful. At your funeral, what do you want people to remember you for? Um, that I was a kind person. Um, my dad always said that you don't have to like everyone, or mm. everybody doesn't have to like you, but you do have to be kind to people. You know, it gets harped on a lot, especially in the wake of COVID. But, yeah, I do think that's really important. You never know what somebody's going through in a day. Um, I also would want to be remembered for, like, my love of just bringing people together mm-hmm. and just, yeah, being surrounded by all the people that I do love. How do you practice being compassionate? Like, How does that look for you? You talk about being kind to people because you never know what they've been going through, mm. what their day's been like. Yeah. Do you just approach everybody happy, chirpy? Um, no. Obviously not mm. grumpy, but yeah, like, I guess, yeah, being an approachable person, like, hi, how are you? If you don't know them, introduce yourself. Like, I always try to be, like, the welcoming person that I, not that I didn't have, but, like, you know, pretend like they're fresh off the mm. boat as well and just... um ask about them with intent not just to check the boxes like i've asked how you are and like listen how do you ask how someone is to get a deeper meaning but not just yeah i'm good thanks kind of thing like if if your friend if you knew was kind of struggling how would you ask that question sorry this ain't part of your your notes either (laughs) i'm just thinking about it like i if i know what do i know what's going on like yeah or if you think something's up with somebody how would you approach that um I probably would start with, hi, how are you? Just to kind of open the conversation. But, you know, maybe prod it a bit more. Like, yeah, are you sure? I just feel like, you know, we haven't talked in a while. Like, Mm. how was that thing? um, I guess, yeah, um, like massage it a bit more. Yeah. um, And just, yeah, like kind of give that reassurance. Like, I really am here to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. But, yeah, also, like, if that person's not necessarily ready or open to share I think just ask like just asking does hold a lot of validity and power yeah. in that as well this one hopefully is in your notes uh-uh. what is something you used to run from until you had to face it head on <laughs> um being a mom yeah I was absolutely terrified to be a mom did you know you always wanted to be no sure I think maybe like in deep within me there was because my mum is was just such an amazing mum um but yeah like 
so many things like that's a layered answer um on the surface level like your life is about to change wholeheartedly like Mm. the things that I love to do like for example like the great walks like I haven't been able to partake in um and won't be able to for a little while um just understanding like you're you're in a state of change of your life and like now I'm I'm in that change and I'm appreciating it for that I think it is really fleeting and now because Lachlan's gone from blob to baby how short that blob stage is (laughs) yeah (laughs) cute blob but like they're blobs um man that's such a fast stage so I I'm appreciative that this is fleeting um yeah do you mind repeating the question again oh yeah Sorry. What you used to run from. Yeah. Um, Which was it, being, being a parent, being a mom? Like sacrificing your body? Mm. I'm not really, this is a whole new physical body that I'm learning to love. How have love you handled, um, I don't know what you call it, but post-pregnancy, getting, uh, getting back to what you used to be like? Like, Have you held expectations on yourself or have you just had to let go of? I think I'm, I'm guilty of holding expectation mm. for myself. Because that's who you've known for yeah, however yeah. many years. Like, how can you not gravitate to wanting to be that person again? But to say, like, to get back to that person, I never will. I'm mm-hmm. a mom now. Like, I will never be pre-baby Holly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, like, times where I get to, like, my hus- like my husband will look after Lockie and I can go out with the girls or stuff like that, finding that balance. But um, it's... It's been tough. It's tough. Like, it's super hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, this, is, this isn't this is me. Yeah. But it is. And, like, trying to remove, like, hurtful ways you think and talk about yourself and try and flip the narrative in a more mm-hmm. loving way. So when you ask, Sean, does my ass look fat in these jeans? <laughs> I or- just don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, what is the response you want? <laughs> you're, you're assuming I still fit in those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one of those stereotypical <sighs> questions and you're like, oh, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> no, to Sean's credit, he makes me feel beautiful, yeah. which is not his job to do, but it's really helping at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. What does the next chapter look like for you? Well, like I said, we would like to have another baby. Um, I think two is our ideal family Mm -hmm. unit. Um, Sean, as I've mentioned, owns a business, but he part owns it actually with a silent business partner. So we're looking to buy that partner out um, because that will open a lot of doors financially. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we've we've seriously talked about moving to Canada. Um, not until we've had second baby, and that baby needs to be minimum one year of age, really. Um, so that's a few ways off, um, few years off, anyway. Um, also, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to head back to work. Yeah, so. yeah, that's, that's huge. Eh? Yeah. Um, that button. So there's something that I've been doing as well is a real. With my quotes. So before we finish with your quotes, I just need to find oh, right, it. Ah, uh, so this is actually off a a podcast that I listen to. Uh, it's called Relatables. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the cousin um, of Relatable Chapters. Um, Anna got me onto them actually. 
the young young boys, twenty two and twenty three, I think. Cute. Um, they've expanded a bit more recently. Let me find it. But he was a good, a good one. No. Ah, oh, too bad. Okay, no. Sorry, everybody, we couldn't get that connected today. Um, so your one then. Where am I? Leave us with a quote or words of wisdom for our listeners. All right, these are words of wisdom. There's three points I'd like to make. One, time is the greatest currency. You never know how much longer your time here is on earth, so make the most of each and every day. So does that resonate with you in a way? Oh, maybe just going to... Does that resonate with you because of the fact that... Well, not because... um, Resonate with you to why you're wanting to move around the place and you're not going to be complacent because you know that life is only limited, that your time here is limited, that you want to, like I say, live the the width, not only the length. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Width of life to me means experiencing the new, being challenged. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and like, I think that's probably one of my biggest fears is to become complacent in Mm -hmm. life and just... And because time's so short, you want to be able to fulfill that. Yeah, yeah, it's a personal thing, but yeah. Um, Two, get over your shit. (laughs) Whatever negative energy you're holding on to, let it go. Hold conversations and not grudges. That kind of ties into the time is short, Mm -hmm. life is short thing. How come you resonated with that? Well, nothing specifically has happened. It's just kind of a way of life. I mean, I've experienced like death in my life. And yeah, those people weren't, they were young. They had a lot Mm. of life to live and... um, just get over it. Just get over it. Because that's like when you go to the grave, like what was all that grudge? Mm. What was that anger for? Like it's just wasted energy. Yeah. Um, and love hard. Love your family. Love your friends. Love your job and your community. Love how you choose to live your life. It's nice. Yeah. little bow on top. <laughs> Uh, my one's very short this week, which is, you do not find a happy life, you make it. Yeah, 100%. Which kind of resonates with what you were just saying. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Um, we did sneak, sneak in there before Lockie wakes up. Yeah. So it's good. Perfectly timed podcast. He does sleep. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this is awesome. It was very short notice. Uh, you popped into my head the other day at yoga and went for a walk a week later. Here we are. Um, and yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, but I just wanted to hear a journey of someone who's made that transition from one country to another and the, how hard it was, the exciting factors, I suppose, the scary factors. Um, and also motherhood is not something I'm intrigued about, but it always brings, um, an interesting conversation for me. Um, always wanting to learn more. Uh, so I appreciate your time and being able to open up. And share the space with me. Thanks. Thanks for having me and thanks for coming. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Tune in to next week.